0: Welcome to episode 32 of Sims Sundays by GridFinder. Today, we have a pretty cool guest on the show today. I'm very interested in this this guest because of my recent foray into the world of commentary. But first, Tom, welcome. We missed each other again last week, but we had a good run for a lot of weeks where we were actually together for a long time. So that was kind of nice we
1: did it's been beautiful we've um you know we've found our groove we've got back into the routine after christmas it's good i feel like um we are about to hit a stretch of great guests and i also would like to point out your bravery because i've done this uh before right where you start introducing a guest and you're like how do i how do i do this without sounding like really over the top or just like full <laughs> of hyperbial times so you're like we've got quite a cool guest he's and quite another guest is sat there in the background like oh am oh i really quite goodness. cool how do i get to be very cool and why do these guys get to decide <laughs> damn it
0: <laughs>
1: right
0: well who do we so have on the show today that. sir
1: well we have a sim racing commentary legend according to some lewis mcglade who has commentated oh, right. on Le Mans virtual don't mention the war Adac GT Masters, SRO Esports, VCO ProSim is the proud winner of the VCO Simi Awards for Best Commentator of the Year and has also commented on real-life GB3 and GT4. So, welcome.
2: Hello. Yeah. uh, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll accept the 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 slight uh, accolade there of you know, (laughs) quite good. Uh, That 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 feels that feels right for me. But no, great great to have. uh, I mean, uh, uh, great to be honest. I've not really done a a a podcast in a very long time. It's nice to have a little sit back and relax and chat.
0: Yeah, and thank you also because uh, you know it was a little bit of short notice, and you were able to fill the time slot <laughs> for us. And actually, you know, I'm very, very excited because, like I was mentioning in kind of the intro here, I've I've dove into the world of commentary actually, kind of with a little bit of a nudge from our broadcasting team at SimSport with Mike over there when we were at Sim Expo, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you should totally get into it." How in the beginning when you first started commentating, how did you actually get into it? Uh, it started
2: uh, back in 2012. Actually, uh, I wow. only, only started watching Formula One uh, around 2012. Was that season? I remember actually, like I can remember it vividly. Turning on the the highlights because I was bored on one evening for, for the Australian Grand Prix. I was kind. Of, I, I watched that the whole uh, season, like on, on the edge of your seat, especially because that season was absolutely fantastic. And I kind of thought, yeah, obviously, all these games, I, I, I've been well into playing Forza for quite a while. All, all these games, surely there's uh, a, a, sort of an esports variant of it, or, or, or of some degree. So I kind of looked into it, did a little bit of, of Googling and uh, came across Formula Sim Racing, which uh, at this point was massive. Like it, was, it was huge on R-Factor 1. And uh, obviously, uh, this say, 17, whatever, and you kind of don't even have a, a grasp of the world. You kind of think, well, do you know what? I'm just going to email them. Uh, and that's, that's what <laughs> I do. I, I sent them off an email being like, yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to take up some commentary. I have I've no idea what I'm doing, but I'd so- like to do it. And they put me on the Winter Series and stuff. And it all kind of started from
0: there. Really. So so you're just you watching Formula 1 and you just kind of go, eh, I think I'd like to talk Get about this out. stuff <laughs> on the microphone and then yep. just an email away and then off to the races," no pun intended. There and you got started. That's pretty amazing. That actually doesn't sound too dissimilar to the way that I got started with Gridfinder because I was uh. I was looking for leagues I found this uh, little Wix site. Well done, Tom, on the Wix <laughs> version of the Grid Finder there. And uh, yeah, I emailed the same way, and then the, I guess, uh, as they say, the rest is history. I, I yeah. guess is the saying, right? That's well, amazing. So yeah.
1: we actually this- found that email. I went through <laughs> oh. and uh, I, I went through and searched it because I was like, do we have like an anniversary or something coming up? And it was so weird, you know, when you've known somebody what, for what feels like a lifetime, and then you. You kind of come across the first time you yep. interacted, and you kind of just imagine them now writing that then. It was very cool. It was very cool.
2: <laughs> Sometimes a little bit cringe-worthy, though. I've noticed that a few times when I've, uh, <laughs> when I've seen my first interactions with people. I'm like, wow, that like, is. Have, uh, give us an example. Ooh, uh, well, probably this time. Uh, when <laughs> I, was, ooh, when okay. I was emailing them for FSR, I can't remember exactly what it was that I said, but let's be honest, it can't have been uh, been that convincing. I had no what? idea what I was doing. We they gave really you the myself. gig though so they, they did they did they were very nice uh, and i did fsr for a little bit before like spreading over into sim racing and then doing some driving and then coming back to commentary but I, i'm absolutely sure i've had some very odd emails in my time like sending it out to people uh and now i get to receive some of them which all of them are actually oh, yeah. very nice
0: yeah what like at a certain point in your career you just like flip flop and then all of a sudden people yeah. are contacting you and you're like wait when, when did I become important enough to be the one that everyone wants to contact, right? Well, that's amazing.
2: Mike, Mike Yao, yeah, who's the one who's, who's dealing with everything here, he's the one that normally sorts out of gigs for me. So, uh, you know, well, it's it, fine. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: just, just have have him <laughs> book everything for you. That There yeah, you go. Exactly. So, exactly. in your first commentary gig ever, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are not dissimilar to me that want to get into commentary, but you know, there's nerves and you don't know how to get started, you don't know who to contact, you really probably don't even know how to do it what would be like your number one advice coming from so many years of commentary what would be your number one advice for someone to get started in that world
2: it's gonna sound it's gonna sound cliche uh sense, but it's just go and do it right because it's this thing with with broadcasting is that you i i promise you you will not be good uh, in the first (laughs) while that you're doing. And that is okay. I'm dealing with quite a few people now that that have messaged me and they're they're trying to get into it for the first time, trying to learn. It's just, you need seat time because it, it will always take... Yeah, a minimum five, ten broadcasts for you to even find your rhythm, and to be honest, much, much longer than that. I have been back and heard some broadcasts from me from uh, ten years ago. Uh, I the, the first ever broadcast oh. that I was ever on was at Long Beach on Half Factor Two, and it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but I have that there are there's there's some clips that still exist on someone's stream of my commentary, and every time I hear it. I just want to die. It is awful. <laughs> it is beyond terrible. Can right? you remember anything that
1: made you particularly wince?
2: Uh, it was just the whole thing. Uh, there's a lot of ums <laughs> every single um, word um, that came out of like... my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just the confidence. Uh, uh, it, it just there was, there was a lot of ums. There was a lot of uh, uh, I didn't really know what I was saying. Uh, you just kind of like trying to describe what's going on, but uh, I had no research and yeah, didn't really know the drivers. You know, when it comes to, to, to talking to some of those that are coming up through the commentary scene now, I always say that the one of the most important things you can do, and I guess this applies very early on, uh, is research. Research is king on broadcasts. You know, whether it is about the drivers or the cars or the tracks, you've got something to talk to because every race gets boring there is always going to be boring mm-hmm. laps in the middle where no one's going for overtakes as a calm part of the race and you need something to talk about then whether it's like i say whether it's the cars or some of the history of the circus some random stuff whatever it is or more importantly the, the drivers and, and what's at stake
0: yeah right right so do you ever find yourself kind of getting into i guess i don't know if it's old habits or just kind of a, a routine where let's say you're at spa for the 30th time and you say the same things like oh, yeah. almost like a broken record. You're like, wait, did I say this in the last broadcast or how, how close together did I actually use this this story or this statement? Do you find yourself repeating a lot?
2: yeah uh so much I like and it's to the point of like i can't even remember what they are until they actually come up right no. <laughs> but every every time i like, you know i think of how many like 24 hour races that you know i've done a fair few uh from the from the commentary side and every single time two or three o'clock in the morning i start talking about the same stuff and you're just like i, I swear i spoke about this last year uh, you just have some- like
0: a a, sam- a sampler and you just hit the <laughs> yeah. button and zoom back on the screen S- sit, real quick sit,
2: sit back and just be like right if i just if i hit play now then i'm good for like 10 minutes so i can yeah like, yeah it's fine no it's it's those kind of thing you know, whether it is talking about like livery design or the, you know, things like that where you're literally just trying to fill air um which obviously happens a lot in 24-hour races I, there are oh, yeah. there are so many topics that are just brought up every single time about like i think every endurance race uh, I always talk about doing strategy backwards because you have to do strategy backwards. You, know, you get to the, the eight hours to go in a 24-hour race. and You start thinking about when you want to make your last pit stop. And every single race, I'm talking about it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm bored of hearing myself talking about this. But it's, 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 it just becomes part of the rhythm that you're just sort of like, wow, this will cure eight minutes. So It's uh, like that
0: comedian that's on the stage and they're like, oh, I, I need to bring the crowd back. So they say yeah. the old joke that they, they've exactly. since moved on from. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: I really enjoy. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've listened to the five live uh, commentary from mm-hmm. uh, yeah Jack, Jack and Jolie and, and uh, Jenny Gao, and they are so they're so funny, right? Because if if if, if when they have to commentate a practice session now an FP3. That's a pretty tough gig, right? When everything is, you know, there's nothing really to to focus on. It's just that they're just going around, they're just getting times. None of those times are really going to mean much. You don't know what they mean because, the, you know, the, you don't know what runs everyone's doing. Uh, I remember I was on holiday and I was laying by the pool listening to FP3, which actually as a sentence is not great. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, I don't know if that shows commitment or that yeah. makes me a bit of a nerd. I was by the pool, I had the headset on and I was listening to FP3 and uh, it, they were saying that it was a really dull uh, practice session. There's really nothing to go on. So they spoke for honestly 25 to 30 minutes about their favorite types of cheese yeah but they went really deep into the cheeses, (laughs) where the cheeses were from. But like, they hadn't prepared this. They just started talking about cheeses. And to this day, I think it might be some of the best commentary I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. They, I mean, like Jack has always been someone that I've really, really looked up to. Um, He's, I think he's, uh, for me at the moment arguably the best commentator in, in motorsport based on the fact of you know everything that he's done that there but there is this 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 casualness while still being involved in the race and then this honesty which i think is important because let's be honest you know you us as motorsport fans this is the same in sim racing because it is a motorsport if a race is boring or a session's boring it's boring we know it's boring <laughs> like you <laughs> yeah. know the the, the the fan base aren't idiots uh, and and that's something which i i really respect a, a, a Kind of a commentary team where they're not droning on about the same stuff. It's kind of like this. This clearly doesn't matter. Like I say, talk about something that's, that's interesting and bring some personality. And they go, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, Verstappen just gone up to P one." and it's like, "Oh right, well, yeah. again."
0: Oh yeah, cool. the boring race back there. Something right. happened, but moving on. You're right. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. So, I, I disrespect the honesty. Love it.
0: So when you get into a situation like that where it's a boring race, have you ever been in a situation where you just don't really mix with your co-commentator and like the conversation is like pulling hair and? It's just really difficult to talk to the other person
2: uh without naming names yes definitely yeah, uh yeah. you know th- 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 there's always going to be uh, this kind of thing where you will always enjoy working with some people more than others for various reasons because it's, sure. it's it's mostly about flow and about commentary it's why typically i tend to work with the same kinds of, you know the same same people on quite a lot of broadcasts because yeah, we've got good flow we've got good chemistry and it's it it makes the process so much easier and then there are other people where it's they are perfectly competent commentators Yeah, they're they're very very good uh and for whatever reason you just don't click in the commentary booth and there are also yeah, you know, the, the exact opposite of that where you're you don't like the other person uh which yeah it happens we're all, we're all human beings and um, yet yeah, still for whatever reason in the commentary booth it just clicks and you're like i, I don't understand this because i don't like this person. Like, like, i can't stand but, this but, guy but i really like working with him <laughs> exactly but professionally it just flows and It's the kind of thing you've got to again treat them as as two different things and just know who you work well with and eventually when you can after enough time become adaptable enough that you can start to morph your commentary around someone else's needs uh, on a Mm. broadcast because not everyone in in the commentary brief is the same some need to be led a lot more others need to to hold the microphone a little bit more and you know they're they're the ones that need to take the lead you need to kind of be adaptable and and work with it yeah how do you feel about
1: Something I've noticed in sim racing is that um, commentating sim racing is it's a bit kind of nuanced because you're commentating something which is replicating something else. Yeah. And I always I always think when I'm listening to sim racing commentary, like uh, where do you draw the line between trying to commentate and create a sense of realism versus commentating, acknowledging that it's an esport rather than Motorsport. So, like, for example, I've heard lots of commentators who will go so deep in on the realism and they'll be talking about, you know, uh, the drivers are like sweating away in the cockpit because the <laughs> track temperature is 40 degrees and blah, blah. And like, it's interesting. It's an interesting approach, of course, because it's trying to replicate real world motorsport. But sometimes it makes me feel a little awkward yeah. if they're talking about that like the danger if then they're going around the outside or if they've lost it there they've been smashed into the barrier like you know we we lost such and such a driver there like and then referring to a real world driver who died and you're like Ooh. um Ooh, yes but that it, seems it, odd that's rough
2: <laughs> yeah See, it's, it's that's a super interesting one because I, I, the way I I I don't again it's the whole thing I don't I don't want to treat the audience like an idiot. I, I like the idea of being like this is a simulator, this is a game. Uh, yeah, sorry to anyone at home when I say it's a game, but it's a game, right? The, 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 these aren't real things. These are yeah especially in the modern day. These are very well designed simulators, etc., etc. You're all racing. It's as close as you can get to the real thing. But it's not the real thing. There is no danger. Uh, if you are sweating, that's generally out of hard work from throwing <laughs> the car. Because like, yeah, it's as mental strain and yeah, moving the wheel, especially with direct drives these days, it is a lot of effort uh, for a long period of time. But I like to kind of play into that side of things, like the, the yeah. different difficulties in sim racing versus yeah. motorsport and having spoken to quite a lot of drivers there are different difficulties for example sim racing is a lot more um it's a lot more of a mental process because you're driving with your eyes you're driving with your hands mm. you're not driving with your body whereas in motorsport it's more of a, a natural reaction you're in the car and so it's they're, they're two different sides whilst they are very similar in in, in certain aspects and other sides they are not i kind of like focusing on both sides of that like what is different and then what is the same uh, because it's i i find both sides of that trajectory being very interesting
1: i um yeah it's interesting you talk about how there is there you know there are valid overlaps so yes it is physically demanding to simmer especially if you're doing like an hour two hours yeah. and you've got your direct drive like whacked all the way up so i shared yesterday quite a. Uh, is it embarrassing? Maybe it's embarrassing. So yesterday, well, right I'll tell the story. It's not a long story, right? <laughs> so yesterday, I raced in the Endurocar Car Series. So uh, last year, we uh, raced in the real-world Endurocar Car se- uh, Series. And then over the winter, we're doing a, a virtual version of Enduro Car. So 44K is going around different tracks. Last night was Silverstone, and I raced and it was incredible really really close racing intense i spent an hour out of my hour i spent maybe like 55 minutes literally like door to door bumper to bumper with other cars it was one of the best races i've ever had (laughs) in my life right and we're all talking about it and uh like that night on the discord server and in the morning and then so i'm trying to get into karting this this season i'm trying to lose a bit of weight and i was on my fitbit app this morning and i was looking at my heart rate so yesterday i did an Mm. hour in the gym with a pt between nine and 10 and then between eight and nine in the evening i did the sim racing and my heart rate was yeah. higher and more yeah. sustained for that hour of sim racing than it was when i was doing like my s- squats and like right. you know sweaty work and i was like oh my <laughs> god right that's it i'm quitting the gym and i'm just gonna sim, <laughs> just gonna sim, sim, sim race, race for an extra <laughs> hour every day because it was it was it was tense i think it was more yeah. adrenaline and excitement than it was maybe like you know just the force feedback, but it was interesting.
2: I've I've had conversations with this uh, with people before. It's like the reason why it's not necessarily about the physical. When your heart rate's raised in sim racing, it's not necessarily about the physical component of it, um, which is normally a thing that everyone goes towards. But I've I've tried telling us to. We actually had a conversation on the virtual with Martin Haven because they 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 obviously don't really know. They've not really taken to the simulator. People like Martin and 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 having the discussion with them, being like, it is more mental because if you do. A two hour practice session, you can do a two hour practice session set in exactly the same lap times and your heart rate will go maybe to 100, maybe even 120 if you have a couple of of moments where it's pretty stable and it's not that high meanwhile you're doing the exact same thing but you are in a race that is the only difference is that you're actually mm. in, a, in a live session where there is a result that matters and suddenly your heart rate is much much higher despite doing the same thing it's because it's not a it's not the physicality that that brings uh-huh. in that heart rate uh rising it's 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 the mental. it's kind of where the, the the pros of the esports world and some of those that come from the motorsport world into sim racing, where they've already taught themselves to kind of calm down in those racing environments, that their heart rates don't go up quite as high. Um, <laughs> you can't uh, relate. Yeah, <laughs> no. To be fair, I, I had this. So, I'd obviously, been in sim racing for for quite a while, uh, and there was a time. I think this was probably about two years ago. I was in a race. It was at Silverstone, I think it was, or it was you know on our Factor Two, uh, racing in the touring cars. And I'd done so many races that my, my heart rate on the start of races didn't really go that high anymore. Uh, it just kind of it, stay, it stays quite calm. Uh, but I just remember racing down towards turn one, and it was the race that started i was very calm and then like i don't know what it was in that 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 five second run towards the first corner at, at, at cops and my brain just went oh by the way we're in a race and my heart just went <laughs> and i was like oh my god oh <laughs> like trying to go through turn one at Silverstone, basically feel like you're about to have a heart attack that's uh <laughs> that's do you extreme. get that for
1: commentating because you've commentated some mm. big big gigs like have you ever in the lead up to a race, or or maybe not the lead up to a race, but lead up of going on air, like in the build up to a race, have you ever do you ever get nervous
2: with new things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hmm. With 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 things like, for example, Le Mans Virtual uh, at the weekend. No, because uh, I've done it. I, the, that was our eleventh race, and I've been working with them for two and a half years. Same as like you know Formula Pro and you know, Formula Sim racing and all that kind of lot. Uh, no, my first round of GB4, which was you know my first ever mm. motorsport commentary, which was last year uh, in just freezing cold conditions in march in uh, in snetterton hidden away in this little commentary Ugh, in in in, in in my coat and and everything like i was like they're freezing like this being like yeah they're always done all the on. it was it was not very it's not very comfortable um I'll, I'll say that but that got my heart racing because it was something uh, you know it's, it's, it's that next level it's that that step mm. up and you're also trying to impress a different group of people
1: You say that, though, but I wouldn't be surprised if Le Mans Virtual actually has a larger audience than your average GB3 or GB4 race. So it's, it's interesting that you almost place more weighting on it, not necessarily because there's more people watching who care, but actually because it's motorsport versus sim racing.
2: It's 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 fascinating because I, I I agree you know the, the the viewing figures for for Le Mans Virtual particularly for the, the actual Le Mans Virtual itself less so the series but for the actual event um, you yeah, know especially back in twenty twenty two yeah the, the, the viewing figures are enormously high uh, and I would absolutely agree with you they're certainly higher than, um, than than what they were through for quite a lot of the races in in GB three and GB four and it is an interesting thing mentality I think it's more because it was kind of new because as the season went on. It, it actually kind of faded within two or three rounds. That mm. um, that that kind of that heart raising at the at the start, which is, I think is is very good because whilst it's a, it's a great feeling, yeah, you know, that, that those first bits of nerves, you know, kind of getting involved in it for the first time, they're great, but they do kind of pull you away from the moment quite a bit. And you and you kind of like as as a commentator, you almost need to stay kind of neutral and just stay in the moment. Right. Um And so to <coughs> not be removed from that is kind of helpful. which mm. like I say? faded pretty quickly which is pretty good and then from that point on it was essentially like commentating on a new simulator right yeah and it's that's i've I've commentated on enough where it's so you just have to understand the nuances of real life versus a sim yeah
0: and the the differences between the two i think it's really important that we do separate the two and not try to make it like one thing one big family of racing kind of a kind of an idea so obviously at le mans There was a couple of issues that happened. So how do you as a commentator handle the problems when stuff is going like that? Because, well, let's be honest, there's a bunch of trolls on the Internet all over the place and probably chat is just lighting things up, complaining about all the information or all the problems that are having or happening grief. What do you do as a commentator to kind of, um, I guess, fill the gaps or kind of calm things down and bring it back to the actual event rather than worrying about what's going wrong?
2: I think yeah the, the most important thing to always remember because I've been on enough broadcasts now where I've like this is not the first broadcast where I've had something go wrong. Uh, you know, we've, we've had plenty. We have one even the first one virtual. I've done the virtual endurance championship. We've had issues. ACC last year, obviously we had uh, quite a lot of problems there. You, you just have to find ways of, of keeping yourself on topic and understanding that, that you're doing everything that you can do uh, and keeping focused on that. And whatever works for, for you as a commentator, it, 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 go, go with that. If it is reading through chat and kind of answering some of the questions, then fair enough. Typically... I tend to avoid it. And it's not out of trying to, to ignore what is going on. You ignore the fans. You know, we, we will say constantly under those issues that there are issues going on and they're trying to be rectified. Whilst that's going on, let's talk about this. And you, you essentially turn it into a podcast, uh, provided you're with someone else. And you just kind of talk about random stuff whatever whatever yeah. it is that will, your will get your favorite it. yeah exactly <laughs> what whatever works you know whether it even is uh, at some point going into the differences between belt driven wheels and direct drive and gears and all this kind of stuff yeah, like, whatever will get you through that um you you kind of essentially turn it into a podcast mm, that's
1: interesting since,
2: that
0: is that at, is very interesting mm.
1: since we're at the the topic of the le mans virtual series I, am interested to know from your point of view, when you can see, when you can see these, these issues happening, uh, with the technical side of a race, do you try and almost kind of, um, validate it with the comparison that a lot of people will make with between sim racing and motorsport by saying, (laughs) obviously in motorsport cars break down, which, which, you know, you could have, you could have, you could have practiced for hundreds and hundreds of hours and you get to your first race and your car breaks down. It's very unfair, out of your control. It's got nothing to do with the sport. It just happens in the same way that you could practice for hours and hours and hours, get to virtual, virtually, get kicked from the server. It's not your fault. It's not part of the sport. It just happens. Do you kind of resonate with that comparison or do you think it's different?
2: I, uh, to a very certain degree, not all the way, not, not to the point of what quite a lot of you know, some people have done because I understand both sides of it. Like, yeah, mm. Thankfully, I've been a competitor in sim racing for long enough, that I do understand the, the frustrations uh, from both sides. If it's a if it's a disconnection where it's kind of you and your Internet or you and your computer and then it goes, then, yes, I think the the, the analogy is very apt. Right. Ooh, it, cause, interesting. Because then it, then it is because mm. it's, it's you and your mm. computer and something's gone wrong or you're in that service provider and it's out of your control and that's rough. When there is something which is more on um, the simulator side, or, or on a server side, or even something well out of their control, um, yeah, you know, which these these are the kind of yeah you know, realistically some of the things that can happen. I still don't know exactly what went wrong with Le Mans Virtual. Whether it was mm. uh, in there, I their don't think any of us do <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's clearly there was there was quite a few um, issues that. Uh, you know were to be dealt with in let's be honest the narrowest time frame that you can possibly deal with it was a very frustrating time yeah, uh, yeah for all of those behind the scenes i don't think it should be put in the same category as oh well you know in real life you have engine failures because it was affecting large large groups of people and it was like when we were having <laughs> all the, the ddossing uh, and stuff yeah. on, on acc last year if at that point you just go oh well you know you get you get uh, engine issues in real life uh so tough uh, these are a sim racing it's versions, a bit of a la- lazy excuse yeah so the these are, are problems which can happen but they shouldn't and that's the that's the bit that we kind of need to focus on is, yes it's rough that it's happened but mm. we need to work out how in future that they they don't happen anymore because we already have enough problems in the works which can go wrong which kind of filter into the uh, that real world analogy we don't really need that adding to the to the pile
1: and when now- when it's happening live do you acknowledge it as a commentator is it something that that you feel you ought to acknowledge to the viewers or is it something that you try to gloss over and uh, focus on what's hap- what, what what is successfully happening rather than what's what's breaking down
2: i like i like the idea of of kind of only giving the information i actually know right because uh, I, mm. I don't in times like that, uh, you know, especially for Lamont, because because we're in the studio and there's there's race control and all the the surfers they're all in the same studio, uh, and and so it, kind of in this beautiful time where when I get off air I can go and ask what's actually going on. So we've got that as a as a reasoning where I think when we were on air and all those red flags were happening, etc. You you say the information that you know. We yeah. know that there is a a a server problem to some degree, whatever it is. Like you know, obviously. again the audience aren't idiots so you kind of you you Mm. say there's a server problem to some degree we don't know what it is Uh, it could be this it could be that but right now we don't know when we're going to be going back racing again so uh, kind of giving the information that I know and then when I get off air go and ask them what's going on and see if they know and then whatever information they tell me then I can pass that on without just going oh this is we're definitely we're definitely under attack from this and definitely doing that (laughs) it's like (laughs) whilst these are possibilities you, you don't know it for sure Uh, And and sometimes it's it's kind of like 90 percent of the information fits uh, a a certain idea that you've got from what you've seen before. And then you say that on air and then 25 minutes later, you actually find out that wasn't the case. And then the audience is misinformed and you look like an idiot. And so it's kind of avoiding those. Like yeah. Being realistic but then also kind of adding a touch of being vague in there is I think is, is is very important.
1: That makes sense. That makes total sense. Um and you know when when it's happening and it's clear that the, there are issues and you've got red flags and the you know the the chat is exploding there's people running around behind the scenes now yeah. at this point trying to fix it and they're doing their absolute best because nobody who actually works on this and I'm just make, this is just my own opinion, but nobody who's who works on these series wants it to fail. Like they they all work incredibly hard (laughs) to make sure that these things go smoothly. What was it like, you know, in in your, in your headset? Was it, was there a sense of, of panic or, or kind of anger or or was it just, you know, let's fix it and, and get on with it? Like, were you conscious of what was happening in the chat and online?
2: uh well obviously yeah i've got a laptop on there where i can see what's happening in chat and obviously you, you kind of see all the negativity at which point you kind of i think in, at that point as a commentator it's best to ignore it because that negativity seeps through into yourself uh, yeah you, you can't help it it's, yeah, it's it's inescapable found that one out uh, after the broadcast all finished then you open up to it and you think oof yeah, yeah. right yeah. tough one um uh, the way everyone reacted in that one was was absolutely impeccable for me. I know obviously a lot of drivers will be like, that's, that's total rubbish. But I'm like from, from everything that I saw, it was it was like there was no finger pointing, no shouting, no blaming, no nothing. Everyone had their job and they they did what they had to do. Uh, and what was going on in, in my headset, you know, it was you know, from from the production from the TV truck that was outside from Ade and from Tom, who are our, our broadcast producer and broadcast director basically just being like, just feel for as long as you can. We're going to try and get in uh, highlights from the start of the race or um, we're sending off uh, Haley Edmonds, who was uh, at Peugeot, was basically like a pit reporter that was at Peugeot, uh, trying okay. to get some clips and send them across. Uh, had uh, Alex Brundle at Williams, again, try and do the same kind of thing so that we had things to, to kind of like throw onto the broadcast. But they yeah. were remarkably calm, leaving us to talk. And when again, when I, when I then left the broadcast, I think we'd just come off of the red flag and I went straight into, uh, effectively where um, race control Was and that was where they deal with the servers and stuff. And again, it was, it was frustrated, uh, very much so. It was stressed, but it was, it was kind of like this, this, this quiet level of of focus. And again, from me and from my perspective, what I found was remarkable. It was just, it was. The lack of finger pointing, because we all know we've all been stressed out, we've all been angry, and it suddenly it's just like, well, the the world's against us all, and yeah, you know, it's <laughs> it's your fault. Why haven't you? Why didn't you sort out the server problem before we came on it? But, but there was absolutely none of that. It was just laser focus on trying to sort out one problem at a time. Uh, you know, trying to make sure the teams are all informed what was going on, which that's incredible. Make sure that we all knew what was going on. That everyone in this entire production—it's an immense task that they, they dealt with as, as good, in my opinion, as good as they could.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. Now, there's an interesting thing that's been going on online after that race, and it kind of spilled into this weekend's race mm-hmm. as well, where a lot of commentators, or not commentators, but uh, YouTube content creators is where I was going. They're, you know, in the ever, <laughs> get to the most views as fast as you possibly can. Everyone throws out that video that is, this is damaging to sim racing. Yeah. What do you think events like this and maybe even a little bit of what exclusivity does to sim racing when you have something that's locked behind this one single company they can't really figure it out quite yet that doesn't necessarily mean they won't of course but you know do you think this kind of stuff hurts sim racing as a whole for a good long time
2: this is this is the kind of thing it's it's there are there are certain ways that it does, a certain way that it doesn't. So you know, to, to let's let's talk about the exclusivity uh, for uh, for sure. a little while here, because I think it's, it's it's something that's been very pertinent uh, of, of, as of the last couple of months uh, yeah. you know, and we're all talking about the IndyCar license uh, yes, that obviously baseball games so. have, have picked up now for me uh, I am against exclusivity I think it's, it is a bad idea I like because sim racing is, is this beautiful thing where we can be as open as possible um, we can have all these uh, mods and things like this that can actually you can You can explore the world of motorsport at your fingertips. I think that's that's absolutely incredible because without it, I probably wouldn't have seen, you know, uh, I wouldn't know what a Group 5 car was. And I think Group 5 cars are absolutely incredible. Uh, But it's it's that fact that it is that openness that you can go after and find all these things. Now, the exclusive uh, sides of these contracts, the the problem that comes from them is they do typically get spun um, out of, basically what they are for, for from one reason or another now for example with this indycar license obviously uh, what came out of it was that no one can ever race an indycar and i racing ever again which is not Ugh. true it's yeah. absolutely not it's true because true. Mm-hmm. you can you can do uh, uh, even a, a 33 car race around the indianapolis circuit doing an indianapolis 500 you just can't call it an indy 500 you can call it there there's there's a lot of things on that contract that you can kind of (laughs)
1: an indianapolis
2: 499 plus one or there's a there's a a series of areas called the open wheels 500 they can call it the open Wheels 500 that's absolutely fine that is well within the, the, the the legalities of the exclusivity contract that's absolutely fine but unfortunately because one or two people say that that are, that are very mm. very vocal that is whether they are behind the scenes on iRacing or a content creator or whatever as soon as they get that there is this when we know it's a problem with with culture generally is that rather than researching a topic and going is that actually true it's so much easier to just retweet it just share it and send your own views without actually looking into it and unfortunately that's mm. kind of the problem that, that we've gone through a little bit through this and it's that aside a of all of the problems in sim racing, that is the one that will kill it more so than anything else is is a, a, a lack of knowledge and understanding. Yeah, I, I actually
0: completely agree on that because it's it's not the, the event didn't damage sim racing. It's all the chitter chatter and yeah. all the, the things that people are saying about sim racing that's really doing the damage. Because, you know, lately it's been a lot of bad coming out of everyone's mouth on uh, I'm going to use Twitter as an example because that's yeah. the primary space that I'm in and everyone's always complaining about something in sim racing rather than sharing the wins and the good stuff and the awesome things and I think we need to just shift our mindset a little bit and start to celebrate sim racing instead of worrying about what's in the past already they'll sort it out they'll figure it out there's genius developers sitting on that side of the uh, on that side of the internet or whatever you want to say right they'll figure it out we can move on to something else. We can have a good time in Daytona this weekend. We can have a good time in all the races that are coming up or even just generally in iRacing. We just got to move on beyond it and stop stop shooting sim racing down as much <laughs> yeah. as, as as they've been doing lately, really.
2: Yeah, focus on the positives and, and, and yeah. kind of move forward. I think that's, like I said, I, I couldn't agree more that we need to, to focus more on those positives and you know, more of the storylines rather than delving into the negativity and the toxicity that sometimes has been around sim and i kind of felt in the last 18 months we've actually started getting over uh, and it just throughout various things that have happened over the last two months have kind of come back into the uh, into the line yeah. of a lot of people which you know fair enough
1: yeah it was interesting you were saying just then uh that streamers personalities throw stuff out throw out comments without kind of much backing or fat behind them and then they get picked up by whatever outlet and then they get retweeted and reshared and then yep. these these kind of very broad brush statements that aren't really backed up with any kind of fact become the reality that people know of, of sim racing i was reading um an article today on motorsport magazine um on their website and what you were describing there about people just saying things on streams and shorts, et cetera, getting shared versus like proper dialogue is it, it, right in the middle of this article. That, and the article is all about um, the Le Mans virtual and what happened. They have a paragraph where they're saying esports racer, Jimmy Broadbent. And then there's a quote about him saying, if they can't get the event to run smoothly, it's going to damage sim racing. He said in a video, right? Yeah. So they've just lifted that essentially from <laughs> probably just one of his streams where somebody's asked him a question on chat or they're talking about it. He said something. And because of who he is, everything he says gets quoted and and reshared. And then immediately underneath is a load of quotes from you saying about as a fan of sim racing i love seeing max on track he brings enormous fan base uh, in a sense his reaction hurts because the amount of work we've all put in but then i think about the competitive side you really do understand it and the team's frustrations and then you go on to say about how everyone prepares so much for these events you understand both sides of the coin mcglade told motorsport so there is a direct comparison there between <laughs> just the streamers who just get statements lifted out of their videos yeah. and just spread across the internet versus it sounds like Motorsport approached you, asked for some comments, and then you were able to give them like a balanced view of what actually happened yeah it, it's kind of odd that they've that that because i read i was skim reading it and i read that bit there and i was like because i saw that your name was in it so i was reading it i was like oh this is this is, this is really good reporting and then i saw jimmy broadbent's name above and i said like, oh okay well they're kind of doing a bit of both like they're <laughs> taking stuff from streams because it's jimmy broadbent's name for the seo but then they're also like you know backing it up with a bit of fact afterwards it was uh yeah it was really it was really interesting to read how was that experience after le mans being approached by motorsport magazine for comment
2: yeah i mean it was absolutely fine like very very kind uh, and just was basically asking for a for for a quote basically on on what was going on i'm i'm not locked down with any contract or or anything else but obviously you know i'm I'm not going to say anything silly because i i enjoy the work and also Mm. i have (laughs) nothing silly to say about it because i think that, that everything i said in that article is is my honest uh, opinion about how that uh how that ran uh, and obviously you know you, you do check it being like did you actually include everything that i said there or but no, it, <laughs> right, it, it's, it's right. all there that that's that that is what i said so you know uh, fair enough i think the whole uh jimmy because i've watched that video uh, that, that jimmy posted after i watched you know watched quite a few because you kind of i still want to stay in the loop as much as like i say it does it does hurt it is brutal but yeah you, you want to stay in the loop and i think that uh, everything that was said in like in jimmy's video i, I do also kind of agree with i, I think mm. it was right the the, the the issue is is when you have um you're pulling quotes from someone's video you almost it's have out kind of context of, you, you almost have free reign to pull like two yeah. or three sentences and go right the rest of it doesn't matter and it's like but the rest of it does matter And that's why i quite like mm. at least with the quote that i had there that it was all that that had left basically pretty much the whole thing in and not just uh, picked the the one or two things that actually kind of worked um which is always kind of like a big fear with those kind of articles if something that you uh, have said has been taken out of context and that's the problem with videos they do have like essentially carte blanche to do whatever they yeah. want as long as the the words kind of basically line up yeah it's that that's just that's the nature of, of this kind of media it's where we have to be careful but i think that for me it is more down to the, the, the consumer, the person reading, the, the person yeah, understanding, to, mm. to take everything with a slight pinch of salt. You know, If you're going to read news, try and not read it just from one news source, understand the, the bigger picture and pick it up from a few uh, others. But obviously, who's got time for that? Uh, that's why... Uh, these 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 clickbaity headlines work on Twitter and Instagram yeah. and that because yeah, yeah. you scroll past and then you go, uh, oh Nicholas Latifi signed for Mercedes, amazing! <laughs> Not checked that up at all. I've just seen a picture and it looks official. It's got the F one logo on. it. You've on already it. shared it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That happened so many times towards the end of last year. I was scrolling through Twitter and there was something that had come up, like uh, someone had signed for Williams or something. I'm looking at it, be like that. i don't i don't believe that and then you look at where it's come from you're like oh right yeah okay it's come from like f1 memes or something like oh great i hate those (laughs) stories
1: where it's like um it'll be so and so as signed for williams and then the first paragraph is like rumors are circulating about possibly moving in the next four to eight years like just complete (laughs) it's like just shameless shameless clickbaiting (laughs) but i mean paul glover um former race department podcast uh, host has made a really good point which is this isn't just a problem with sim racing
2: exactly it's a problem with culture yeah, not generally. It's, just, it's, it's a problem. Oh, we fixed it. It's, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, right. There so we right. go. See, see right, you next week. No, uh, it's... Like I <laughs> say, it's th- this is a... Because this is a problem which which has come up. I remember the... Uh, uh, not to give too many examples, but I remember, like, see, we've all seen videos and stuff of this online where it's... Um, uh, and, and there was one. I can't remember exactly what the example was, but it had, like, a timeline uh, on two sides and it had, like, the... Um, uh someone who does some research and then someone who just retweets, right? And and mm. when you kind of look at it, and it was something about something in Sweden, uh, and it it played out in not in real time, but you know, in, in a in a timeline in the video, and it was like, right, huh, this has happened and then the person that researches it looks at it and goes, Huh, has that happened though? And then they they literally search it up on Google and they go, Oh well okay interesting i've actually learned something that that's not the case it's actually because of this 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 that's been taken out of context uh okay and then they get on with whatever they're doing uh, meanwhile on the other side it's kind of like i'm going to retweet it, and then everyone everyone turns into a karen and goes onto twitter and then posts this that and the other and uh, it spirals out of control it gets retweeted by someone else it's 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 blown where this is this is the nature of of the world we presently live in which is just in sim racing as well and I don't know what the cure is for it. I don't know. You just delete the internet. Exactly. Oh well, yeah, but if we delete the internet, <laughs> then Tim doesn't exist. That doesn't, that no. doesn't cure the that doesn't cure the problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's not delete inter- nothing.
1: <laughs> We won't delete the internet just yet because the internet is throwing us some great questions uh, for you from Ooh. our listeners in the chat. So uh, I think this is gonna be in order. James Early uh, in the chat is oh, asking, at what nice. point did you want to become a commentator?
2: 2018, I remember it very well. It was so obviously. Wow, that was I, I said that I, I said that I started at commentary in 2012. Then I went mm-hmm. back to to well, I went to being uh, an esports driver, focused on that. Won a couple of championships and you know battled some decent levels in sim racing. Uh, in fact, a battle for a championship with uh, Nikodem Vishnevsky and Kieb who ended up winning the first ever Le Mans Virtual back in 2015 and 2016. And one of their teammates, and that was Pash Gergis, who went off to go and race for Koanda as well. So these are like big names in the world of sim racing right now. I am certainly not as fast as they are now. They have got faster since then. But, you know, th- th- I-, I was... In a decent spot, but then I remember uh, May 2018. I went to the Nurburgring. Wow, do you a, remember the uh, month and exactly? And every... Okay. nice. <laughs> hey, my first uh, my first ever sim race was July 2nd, 2013. Uh, it was a cold Tuesday in June, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we went off we went off to the Nurburgring, and I we, we did an endurance race. I was with Jack Keithley and, and Richard Schaefer and we they were, those two were both fast enough to win the race, and then I came along and spun lol. Um, we finished <laughs> earth, uh and it was it was a great. Thing. I had the, I've got this trophy. And it's downstairs. It's a fantastic trophy. Absolutely love. um but it was at that point when i realized that i probably am not fast enough to do anything as a driver and i certainly don't have the mentality and that was at the point where i was like but i reckon i could be a commentator again i reckon i could go after that and and, and focus on that side so it was it was may 2018 where i really started to refocus again (coughs) on on being a commentator with the experience of a driver which i think has really helped well, uh, James Early should so, be a commentator as well, by the way. Just throwing that one out there because I do know James. So you, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, James Early commentary commentary studies. Off you go. So w-
0: when we have him on the podcast later, we'll know. Yeah. We know exactly when you got your start exactly. because we had Lewis on the show. <laughs> exactly. He told Twenty you to second do of it. January. <laughs> so, so would you say that your your desire to be a commentator was born from your lack of racing ability? Oh. That sounds
2: very witty. To yeah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, no, uh, yeah I, I think, no, I think You you are you are right. I think, I, like I say, I, having having the experience in sim racing was is, is helpful because it's always something to throw back at. And I think a lot of the sim racing drivers that I used to race with that, that still race now, they kind of like respect the opinion that I have on air, and that is so okay. useful because if you say something's like bad in racing, uh, they go, oh right, well, fair enough, it probably is bad. They they, they trust your opinion a lot more because mm. you've been in that in that boat. Uh, yeah you, you, of course you, you have battled but yeah because i realized uh, i was never going to make a job out of being a driver because i just i'm <laughs> not good enough uh whereas commentary wise yeah there's, there's a pathway oh, there. do you
1: know what I, I i'm sure this isn't how it's meant but like that was so funny chris like like how do we get like do you know what because i've just thought of the title of this episode is like lewis mcglade all commentators are just essentially slow drivers yeah. like, those, yeah. those who can't drive
2: commentate done <laughs> Oh man! Uh, i mean
1: uh, i'm not against it um right i'm gonna let's let's go for another question because actually we've got a lot of questions um in the live chat which is great alex goldschmidt another commentator in fact yes. all the questions from commentators very possibly this is exciting uh, question for lewis which is your favorite real life series that you follow religiously
2: oh that's a tricky one because it kind of changes all the time it was moto gp for a while but i do mm. especially since mclaughlin's moved over to indycar MotoGP uh, is just... Uh, I love, I love ins- it. I, it's it's <laughs> tricky. MotoGP is the one I've been to of uh, big championships the most. I've been there, been to it twice. Uh, went to Aston and I've been to Silverstone. But at the moment, I'd probably say it's IndyCar. Love myself some IndyCar. Ooh. Why? Okay. Tell us why. Um well it's got the indianapolis 500 which i it is number one on my bucket list uh, to go to oh. it's the it's the speed the sound uh, the atmosphere you know, you've got three hundred thousand people that are crammed into such a small space it's 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 kind of one of those once in a lifetime things in in, in motorsport now yes obviously le mans has the same thing and uh, i'd love to go there as well but there's something about indianapolis which is just even even more so it's the speeds they're doing but it's just how the IndyCar series is, um, it, it's so, uh, in, a, in a sense, compared to some of the other motorsports we've got. It, it's very pure. I know, obviously, push to pass. Whoa. Um, but, you know, <laughs> and I know they've got a hybrid coming in. Uh, but it, it's, it is very pure. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're racing Not like it was some, in my day tight circuits <laughs> that are brilliant i mean st petersburg so simple but i love it absolutely love it you know toronto all those kind of street circuits that are, that are so great uh, and then you mix that in with with ovals big ovals tight ovals indianapolis 500 some normal road courses as well like barber it's just got such this this, this complete mix of, of tracks and stuff and it's just fantastic and everyone's in essentially the same car i love it yeah, well,
1: based on the last 30 seconds i mean i'm cool. sold I've, I've, I've never really followed it but i mean it oh, sounds incredible <laughs> it also there was a lot of tracks there that i was thinking ah oh, i don't i couldn't draw the track layout for that I mean, I've, I've seen little bits of it or like i've seen a photo of it but that i mean the uh the, I, i've never been a huge fan of um street tracks like, it's because really? like you know i'm really? a bit of a traditional f1 fan and mm-hmm. i don't know I, I i just i just love the old Classics, not because they're the old classics, but I just there's something about the the racing you get there, the big open corners, the overtaking opportunities, like you know. And I know there's a sliding scale between like Spa and Monaco, and not all street tracks are right up yeah. up there with 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 Monaco. But I have generally found it harder to watch street circuit races. But are you saying IndyCar? not an
2: issue uh, uh, yeah I, I agree because like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of street circuit rates let's, let's use Formula 1 for an example and everything that's classified as a street circuit in Formula 1 these days which I think Sochi is classified as a street circuit but mm, that's not that's, yeah. that's not a street <laughs> circuit Miami not a street circuit uh, mm. Baku is a street circuit but I don't like it very much all the street circuits that come into Formula 1 which most of them you know, these days are the new circuits are street circuits they're, they're, Australia? They're, they're just not I actually really like Albert Park I don't yeah, like I t- do. I don't like the change they've made to it because they've kind of just turned it into it's, it's a lot more high speed than it yeah whatever uh. I, I think they've removed a little bit of the character from it and made it a bit more generic but I, I always used to like Albert Park I, I actually yeah, do too. like Monaco driving it not watching it sorry um no. <laughs> indycar uh, has that that vibe with a lot of their street circuits it's very good if you've ever watched um uh, uh, australian supercars as well a lot of their street circuits carry on that same kind of, uh, of vibe uh love myself some supercars as well uh, they had a new circuit in 2017 which was newcastle which I I remember when it came out when it, when the, when they first started racing on it I was so uh, enthralled by this circuit I thought it looked so cool that I actually stayed up bear in mind obviously this is all the way through the night because it's mm-hmm. Australia I had to, I was I'm watching all the support series stuff I love this track this this track's amazing and it's these are like some of the streets there because they've got in IndyCar and supercars and things like that where they, they are just they they're so. Uh, full of character, and even though it doesn't like, there's just well, it's just a ninety degree corner into a ninety degree corner. But I'm like, yeah, but they go around a fountain. How cool is that? <laughs> you get that <laughs> you know anywhere what? else?
1: Listening to you talk about watching <laughs> watching that race, staying up, and watching the support series, it kind of reminds me that commentary is like the ultimate goal when it comes to a career. You know, yeah. that was to do something you love. And you never work a day in your life. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But if you like, if you go and work as an accountant at your favorite football team. It's not, you know, it's, 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 do you know what I mean? It's not quite the same. Whereas with commentary, you're literally, your job is to be a super fan of something you already love. You just have to dive deeper into something that you want to dive deeper into anyway. It's such a pure career. It's,
2: uh, yeah, I, uh, the the, the more that I've done, the further that I've progressed, especially moving into GB3 and GB4 uh, uh, last year, you do realise how incredibly privileged uh, you are. I, 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 I still come from a background. I, mean, I still technically work in a restaurant, you know, just because it's it's kind of like there. It's like, it's an abnormality to do something that's kind of something that you really really enjoy as a job. Mm. Uh, it's not been something that I ever thought I would be able to do. Uh, and and you do realise how privileged you are to like like you say basically I am paid to come along and shout about something which I absolutely <laughs> adore. And you get to like walk around <laughs> yeah. the paddock and speak to all these people and be like. I remember at Alton Park walking around and seeing everyone pulling up in their Ferraris and all this lot and speaking to all the drivers. And I got back into the commentary booth and I sat down. I was like, what planet am I on? What is <laughs> happening here? Like I, d- I get to just be really, really excited about all this. And it's just, it's a bizarre experience to be that link between the motorsport world and the the, the regular everyday person that sat there watching it. It's a very
0: uh, o- odd mediator to be. Well, so you have your your favorites in the real world motorsport mm-hmm. what about the virtual world is there some race that for some reason just holds a special place oh, yeah. in your season as well for the virtual stuff Bathurst 12 hour
2: always oh okay love love the Bathurst 12 hour. It's, it's if the the, the i-race bathhouse 12 hour is the one that i obviously aim for because it's the it's the, the main Bathurst 12-hour and sim racing at the moment really um and i love myself um some some bathurst it's such a, a difficult circuit such a tricky one and then to do it for, for 12 hours consecutively is unbelievably difficult uh, but but it, it's it's almost so relaxing you do it with friends or whatever that's that's always the one that i, I target
0: doing um i'm racing that one this so year fun. actually
2: have you done it before I have not. Oh, yeah. Do you like? Do, have you driven Bathurst a lot though, or a decent oh, yeah. amount? A, okay.
0: a ton. Yes. Okay. You're, in, you're, you're in all treat. kinds of different games. Survive, Survive the first lap, room Retreat. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that one. I I kind of agree with you on on that. That track is just amazing, mm. especially just coming down the streets, Ugh. just flying as fast as you can possibly go. I I did it
2: in uh, in 20. I think it was, it's 2021, it might have been. Um, and uh, on on iRacing, there was 2,701 teams that took part, obviously, over all the, the splits. Uh, and there was, uh, obviously, b- b- I did it as a two-car team with my mate, Dan Kel, uh, And there was only two cars. I'm sure if there's a few people that are listening to this now, they already well, you know what story I'm going to tell. So I'm sorry, but it's tough. <laughs> um, but we got through the entire race with zero incidents. Um, wow. Which, is uh terrifying like,
0: no nudging the wall no incidents had, had a couple of grazes
2: that was that was on me had a couple of grazes with the wall but okay, you know got, okay. got got a zero x the, the race that's um, amazing which you know no no corner cuts no uh car contacts no nothing and that trust me in in the middle of the race uh i was lobbing it over the top like i was and there's there's something so electric and so pure about that but there was only one other car out of those 2701s only one other car that had zero incidents, and it was the car that won split one uh, oh, we no just way. just so happened to be Enzo Benito and, uh, and Max Verstappen, so I'm like I'm on the same oh, wow. list as them too. That's Ooh. very cool. <laughs> there we I go. Uh,
0: the list is very short, and it's us and them.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, I had to make all the social media posts about after. Everyone was like, "That's such an irrelevant stat." I was like, "I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I get to make a social media post with him." <laughs>
1: You're a it. commentator. You have to have a good list of like irrelevant stats. The, <laughs> yeah. most, the
0: more obscure, the better. Exactly. Well, I it's I like those movies that are like number one in this some obscure magazine you've never heard of. Ever ever in your life but they're like yeah we're gonna rep okay, that yeah. number chris, one it's,
1: stat it's like us when so when we started this podcast right oh, yeah. we signed up to this service <laughs> so it's called like Chartable or something and you get this weekly email with where your podcast ranks mm. around the world and it'll be like in um in like the sports i think it's sports and leisure category and i'll be like chris massive news mate like we put all this hours into into sim sundays and it's finally paid off we're now the seventh most popular podcast in Latvia, and he's nice. like, "No way!" Like, yeah, we have fallen down to number forty-two in, oh, no. like, I don't know, Namibia, yeah.
2: but
0: we're up but to then... we're up to seventeen in Peru.
2: Yeah, there, there is something about these. It's like these, these weird stats. you just sort of like, "Oh, right. Well, I mean, no one." I'm going to start putting still, them in start. my LinkedIn status.
1: Seventeenth <laughs> yeah. most popular sim racing podcast in Peru. Top uh,
0: the
2: top top ten podcast in eight countries you've never heard of. Nice. 10, yes. (laughs)
0: so we've got another good question from the youtube chat from jess games 95 what has been your hardest moment in your commentary career
2: oh that is that's uh, a big one that is a big one because i'd actually i I, I, I think it's because it's it's very recent it does yeah, obviously stings a bit more so i actually think i've been very fortunate that i've not had too many properly rough ones most broadcasts with mike gau are pretty difficult (laughs) <laughs> um, I may say that cuz he's 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 uh sat there listening it's fine um probably last weekend i think yeah, I, probably I, I last weekend of, for it, some reason i thought you were going to go there it, it, i really did it wasn't the the immediacy of the broadcast it was like getting home afterwards and then like say, the worst thing you do is then then check to Cause you know, it's obviously, it's a, it's a big deal. So it's going to be everywhere.
0: Yeah. Do you have to like mentally prep yourself? Cause you're like, I know Twitter is just going to be this cesspool of just craziness, but I have I to read done. it. Cause I have to know, like yeah, you, you kind of have to be in the loop and you have to wade through the sludge, if you will, and go and look at what they're saying.
2: I definitely should have done, uh, I should have prepared myself. And yet still I just opened it anyway. Uh, and then was like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, of course, because yeah. like this Ouch. thing with with a lot of with a lot of sim racing broadcasts where you, you kind of do them. Where- you kind of do the ones week in week out and whilst they are they are big in their respective communities like either on acc or on iRacing or on Factor 2 uh, typically there's enough on on for example twitter like i say this one that i mostly use where it's just kind of like there's just stuff that drowns out the negativity and you're okay whereas when you do something yeah. that's, that's on that kind of scale you like it takes over the entirety of the sim racing world so you okay on oh, yeah, twitter it's been the whole week it's everyone's it's been saying all stuff.
0: week and it's even infected into the daytona race this weekend oh
2: yeah yeah, yeah, no, there was there was a there was a lot of um, competition between. Uh, oh well, you see, it's not it's not just half Factor Two that's got problems. I racing. Look at all this. Mm. I'm like, oh God, here well, we go again. Yeah. Here we go people again. People were
1: very, very quick to. Like, it was almost like aggressive how quickly people were like, "Well, let's let's just wait and see how iRacing racing does, it, shall we? Yeah. If uh, if it's so perfect, so like, no one's saying that. Like, uh, no, yes, everybody. So. Can everyone just calm down?
2: <laughs> exactly. Let's let's all just accept that. Let's be honest. None of the Sims in in, in our our little niche uh, of gaming. Are particularly perfect. They've all got their problems. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and but, but that's that's difficult to kind of like deal with. To see all of that negativity, and that that actually kicked me onto the floor for like, like I don't want, actually on the floor. I mean, I still able to walk around. Uh, but it did it did like hit for like a couple of days where I was just sort of like oh, I just I, I didn't I just didn't want to commentate. I didn't want to go near a broadcast because it it's like oh, right goodness.
0: Well, the hard part right now is that there's so there's this big giant influx of money coming into sim racing <laughs> and this big giant influx of attention and. You know, with uh, what was it, 100 Thieves is getting, no, Phase is getting into sim racing. Yeah. And like, there's all, all this new attention coming in. And it's almost like the sim racing games aren't quite ready for that level of attention quite yet. Yeah. It's, uh... while iRacing is a great service, I actually just recently got a completely 100% addicted to iRacing and I do it like every single day now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'll, ACC, I'll fly past that. <laughs> AC, like all of, all of these games they have their own unique problems and each one has like a almost a different kind of a problem right yeah so there's nothing on the horizon really that or at least nothing that's been officially announced that we really know will will fix sim racing of course a lot of people put their money into ren sport at the moment for some reason but we were almost not ready quite yet for this level of attention and i think it's just going to keep going and we're just going to have to like I I guess, for lack of a better term, use the same thing, wade through the sludge again in in this growing period. But ultimately speaking, kind of like when I was saying that I don't think it hurts sim racing, I think we're going to be better at the other end of it. But man, is it going to be kind of like a flame war on social for a little while? Because now all the little problems that we've accepted over the course of the last couple of years are now like with a magnifying glass and the world is seeing it now.
2: Yeah, this, this, this... (sighs) For anyone who was around in sim racing back in two thousand and seventeen, I think it was, when we had our first proper big esports event, which was the uh, Formula E Vegas eRace, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a mess. It was it was tragic. It was so bad, uh, and even I said at the time, I was like, that has moved sim racing back two years. Yeah, it kind of feels like it at the time. But as, as an overall thing, it does move sim racing forward because it brings a lot more eyes into sim racing. And even if they look at it, even if, if if a majority look at it and be like, well, this is terrible, there's still a lot of people that go, oh, well, I guess it's kind of cool and it could be cool in a few years or whatever. And then they, go, then they check yeah. out the rest of it and be like, oh, actually, no, it is kind of cool now. It's just, uh, you know, the big event, for whatever reason, missed the mark. Uh, and we're at that point where, like you say, the more money coming to sim racing, I understand the, the the negative implications that come with it. Like I say, more viewers on, of sometimes I see those negativities. Sometimes for a lot of the smaller teams, it can somewhat eradicate them if they have decent talent because then that decent talent gets picked up by a bigger team. Yeah, there are, well, there we are, just saw a
0: massive movement of all kinds yeah, of talent crazy. going all over the place.
2: The most crazy time when it comes to a driver in sim racing where it's just like, oh, you, you've gone, you've left, you're over there, you've jumped, and it's like, oh, everyone's <laughs> contracts. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, yeah. As... As sim racing as a whole, removing all, um, you know, uh, subjective feelings when it comes down to you, know, you and a team or you in a series or uh, you know, a simulator or whatever. And just th- looking at, at sim racing as a whole, including everything. And even in that, including things like Gran Turismo and Forza and things like that, like the whole eSport, right? More money and, and, and more teams, especially from the bigger side of eSports, is a positive. It, it, it oh, yeah. just... It will go through a rough spot uh, in in the immediate future, and unfortunately, the bigger side of that rough spot is the the toxicity that that those kind of things bring. Because let's be honest, no one's going to shake hands after having a rough fight for a you know, hundred grand uh, in a in, yeah. in a No one's going to shake after that. No, you know, you, you're you're going to feel bitterly disappointed because you've lost out on a lot of money,
0: and that's, yeah, the, the that's stakes the are going to change the reaction exactly. of bad things happen. You know, if we have. An incident in a random D-class race in, I, you don't care about that, but when $100,000 is on the line, yeah, you definitely care important. about every <laughs> single detail about that event. Yeah, and and like I said, that's, that's where we're headed
2: to with sim racing. I think like I said, yeah. there's, there's a lot of positives with it, there's a lot of negatives with it, but I think the positives massively outweigh the negatives. Uh, and that's, that's what we need to kind of focus on. The sim racing is growing uh, at an extreme rate. It is becoming um, a bigger player. Certainly not a, a, a tier one uh, eSport right. yet, but it is on a trajectory where it will join that to a certain it, degree. Uh, I it, believe it'll be there. 100%. Well, this, is, this is the thing where I, I think sim racing is weird compared to other eSports. Because other eSports, you go, well, CSGO and League of Legends and Dota and Rocket League and sim racing, right? Sim racing is not a game it's it's, yeah, uh, it's it's a genre but we kind of treat it as one whole thing i think that's a, an an obscurity in esports that okay, we yeah. haven't really realized yet properly but yeah
1: i i think um uh, other than the, the, the you know the negativity on social media i think my main takeaway from last weekend was actually the fact that the the outpouring of emotion online is a direct sim- symptom of the fact that people now care about mm-hmm. sim racing. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people care, like the uh, number of like news outlets that were reporting on it, it far surpasses anything that we've had in the past. And yes, okay, it's, it's bad news because bad news travels faster than good news. But actually it was very interesting that a sim racing event hasn't gone well so many people now care about it. You're seeing it in like you know, like <clears throat> like tier one media. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. even use the phrase tier one, but tier you know, one. big like big <laughs> yeah, gaming yeah, I mean, yeah. media outlets were, uh, were were posting about it. So I, I kind of saw I was like, okay, this is this is good because this is a good marker of where sim racing is. It's, it's a good indicator of where we've got to. Okay, yeah, it's for the, in this case, it's for like a bad reason, but it is interesting to see that this is where we're at now.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, I think, like I say, uh, unfortunately, it is the case that bad news travels faster than good news. That's that is, that is just human nature. Uh, mm. You always focus on the negative well, bit more, yeah. but. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think it, it is important that you know we, we are getting out onto those outlets. It, it is becoming uh, you know, more knowledge. I mean, uh There is that, that that thing that's been brought up recently about, um, I think it was the fourth round, might have been the third round of Le Mans Virtue, but something had gone wrong uh, for Max. And in the F1 press uh-huh. conference that followed the next weekend, he was asked about it in the press conference and Max <laughs> said, I'd, I'd rather not answer. And it's because it's kind of, it, it matters. Even to the Formula One world champion, Sim yeah. racing matters, right? And I think this is this is where we're at with with these. It is it is mattering a lot. I think it's it matters a lot more than people are actually ready for, right? And uh, uh, no one's like meant because it's it's still it's a game. It's this. It's that. It's the other. And then you you show it to like my my dad, and my dad will go, yeah, but it's a game. And I'm like, just sit down for ten minutes and watch this. And then like ten minutes in, they're like hooked because it's it's still yep. racing. It's still and you, you you get that emotional about a game, but it's. So much more than that it's, it's so it's such an odd experience.
0: Well, when you're not on the pitch, football is just a game as well yep. to you on the TV. It's Absolutely. the same thing as virtual motorsport. You know, it's just watching competition happen. It
2: yeah, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's fun. Oh uh, yeah, I say sim racing has that that thing. Unlike. Uh, yes, we've all heard this before, but it is true. Uh, it is a good analogy when you when you have FIFA compared to football. It's not the same thing. You're playing with a controller. You know uh, the PGA tour games, you're you're moving a mouse backwards and forward. It's not golf. Uh, same with all tennis and you know cycling and all that. Uh, the 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 esports variant of it is 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 not the same as a sport. And then it's you have things nearly, like CS:GO and yeah. League and things like there is no sport comparison to to these these games. Whereas sim racing does have it, and so it's that that kind of thing of um, uh, that, that has been brought up uh, when the race starts, whether it is a sim or real or whatever, it's still a race. And it still mm-hmm. carries that, that weight. Just because people's lives aren't at risk doesn't take away from the fact of you are watching an actual race.
0: And that'll do it with that. No, that quote <laughs> yeah. was perfect. We're done. No, bang. We have. We hyped. need to.
1: We need to get through two more questions. Okay. So we've had two more questions in the live chat, and I realize that we are already seven minutes over. So Mike is, is furious with us. Um, <laughs> We're
2: paying him extra. Paying him by the minute. It's fine. No god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so Scott Beresford has asked. It, it's a. It's a. It's a three parter, right? Okay. So you know we can be. We can be brief. So what is your favorite, most memorable moment in sim racing? Live? Last year
2: last year uh don't have one actually uh, i think indy five doing, indy, indy fi- indy, <laughs> doing the indy 500 broadcast really enjoyed that
1: was that yeah. the indy 500 or was that the four tired indianapolis 499 plus one race
2: no it was it was it was the uh, the official it's the first time i got to call the indy the actual indy 500 in and I race now that was that was that was a pretty big highlight for me
1: that's oh, very nice. cool that's very cool okay what are you most looking forward to this year
2: what happens with everything Ren sport wise? I'm
1: very
2: yeah.
1: curious. I'm expecting a big launch tournament or a big launch series yeah. of some sort, which is going to be very, fascinating. Because you're curious. right. I I wonder if Ren Sport is going for that kind of title sponsor of sim racing, if you like, when people yeah, talk yeah. esports and as you were saying, CSGO, Dota uh call of duty ren sport like you know that yeah, will yeah. then represent it it'd be interesting uh if, if they managed to pull that off okay and then uh, the third part of this question is when are you coming around for domino's pizza
2: again uh yeah that's um, probably <laughs> that'll be, scott beresford's friend we've been to british gt and british touring cars in fact my first ever time watching motorsport was with scott beresford um and so soon is all I'll say to that one. <laughs> nice. Well, nice.
1: yeah, yeah. Don't feel like you need to
2: make a commitment right now. <laughs> Can we put it on our calendars and, and uh, the yeah, viewers' we're, calendars? We're, we're and all listeners. going over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll all go over. We'll, we'll have some a, Domino's Pizza. We'll, we'll play some golf. I had some Domino's Pizza today. Uh, not sponsored. Uh, beautiful. Just just Domino's Pizza <laughs> sponsored by it's, Domino's it's, Pizza. It's not sponsored. It's just convenient.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to go from the complete opposite here. This is the most beautiful like gastronomical segue right Right. we're gonna go from domino's pizza to gluten-free Right. Gluten free is the name of is the username okay. of the person okay. asking the <laughs> you question. You <can> get gluten free <laughs> <dominoes. Yeah. laughs> <Yeah, so, yeah. laughs> right? So so gluten free, which is which is. Do you know what the reason I love the the username gluten free is because a lot of people when they see GF just not in the logo, yeah, yeah. but for Grid Finder, just see it like GF, oh, like girlfriend or gluten free. Yeah. Like
2: no, <laughs> <laughs> Grid Finder. <laughs> we're, we're gonna
1: try and knock. We're gonna knock gluten free off its
2: perch. Damn it. <laughs> well, I, love, anyway. I love this gluten free sim Sunday though. <laughs> <laughs> gluten. Uh,
1: Uh, asks question which i like which is a bit of a dwight shrew opening which i quite like question lewis works with motorsport commentators how have they adjusted to sim racing
2: for the most part actually very well um in in fact i say for the most part is because i actually haven't worked with a Real world commentary, motorsport commentators coming to sim racing, and I've had a negative experience with. I've worked with Andy McEwen quite a lot. Obviously, works on British GT. Absolutely love working uh, with Andy. Um, obviously, worked with David Addison once or twice, and um, really enjoyed that. Martin Haven, I've worked with for quite a bit through um, the Le Mans Virtual Series, you know, the voice of WEC, the voice of Le Mans to some degree, uh, and that's always an incredible experience. And and then. Uh, worked recently with John Hinduff on the, the IMSA series. He came along for the final round of Daytona, and he was only supposed to be there for 15 minutes and stayed for two hours. Uh, because this is the thing with these 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 commentators, they come in and they rub off on you this this level of excitement because they still it's it's still a race to them and they're coming yeah. into it and they just they love it. <clears throat> it's always a positive experience because it's you'd kind of think that they'd generally come in and just be like oh well, i'm just gonna go on my phone for a little bit and just uh, mm. well you know racing's going yeah. on and yeah never, <laughs> I've, I've never had that experience with any of them they've all just come in and just loved it and and, and, ex, and, and embraced sim racing for what it is and i love it that's
1: beautiful
0: so yeah, I have I... a personal question Ooh. to to change that uh, the trajectory of the conversation a little bit. I'm scared. Sim racing, <laughs> we we already established that you chose the microphone over the steering wheel when it came to the professional life. But what do you race on when you're when you're trying to go around the track in uh, the virtual world? What wheel? World? N- what wheel? Yes, and also what sim is your kind of go-to uh, sim?
2: Um, Thrustmaster
0: T three hundred generally, okay.
2: uh, and. Sim wise, kind of switches it up. I mean, um, i racing it is the most convenient to switch on and go online. Uh, it is. It really that, is. That that is just that is a fact. Uh, I've done some endurance. As I said before, that I work in a restaurant. Uh, so, yeah, uh, on the, on the odd occasion, uh, and one of my managers in there, hilarious thing that when when they first started working there. Uh, we actually ended up speaking about sim racing because he spoke about Jimmy Broadbent. I was like, oh yeah, I know Jimmy. And you were like, wait, uh, what? And I was like, he was like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like two weeks later, Jimmy came into the restaurant, which I thought I was like, that's, oh, wow. that's such a baller move. Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I do uh, some endurance racing on ACC with them from from the restaurant. I'm like, that, that's, that, that's just, it's, it's bizarre uh and then outside of that generally the thing that i race the, i would race the most is probably rf2 and the uh the, okay. the, the touring cars because uh, i could just pick them up do 15 minutes in them and then be moderately up to speed uh and then hit everyone off uh, no don't do that i don't <laughs> I'm, I'm, normally, I'm normally a good boy on track it's off track where i get into trouble <laughs>
0: Well, Lewis, what do you got going on in the next couple of weeks? What do you want to share with our listeners and viewers to uh, catch you live on the microphone?
2: Uh, I have next week, uh, on on Wednesday, I've got the the, the start of the new WTCR eSports championship. And yes, I know WTCR has gone. There's a WTCR Esports Championship that starts next week uh, on Wednesday alongside with James Kirk. And then later on in that week, on the Friday, uh, I've got uh, the Daytona 2.4 hour, which is on race, which I'll be doing with Cameron Roger and Zach Sweeney. And then on the Saturday, get a six hour broadcast uh, where I am doing the SimGrid VCO World Cup, the rerunning of that, which is, I think it's the six hours of Paul Ricard that we'll be doing. That's what I'm doing next week. And I'm... have no idea what's happening the week after that. It's on a calendar somewhere, but I tend to ignore it until I have to. Right.
0: Now, Tom, we've been doing this thing that we did try to do at the very beginning of last season, where we have the previous guest ask the current guest a question, any question they would like. And then, of course, the guest, you this week, Lewis, you would be asking our follow-up guest a question. Tom, do you by chance remember what the question was from last episode? Well,
1: if we... So this is so this is i've just been doing some some remembering here so we don't have a question for lewis because the question from Uh, robbie staple from from g2 esports was for james baldwin Uh, who for reasons that we've all just found out on twitter you can pretend to be james (laughs) so we have a question in the bank for james baldwin from (laughs) robbie from g2 when he gets in so you're completely clear of nice. uh, having That's to answer lucky. a question but <laughs> we would love you to ask a question for our next guest we know who, who it is? is we do know who it is it's the infamous aussie stig
2: mm. um what question will i ask? I- i'm just gonna go okay uh when you're driving racing uh, etc do you this is a weird question do you breathe through your nose <laughs> or your mouth because that is a question which it. that has a question which could distract you
1: I love that. Okay. I'm really, <laughs> j- j- okay. So something I've also realized is we really, really need to get in the habit of like letting our <laughs> guests know that we're going to ask them to ask the I was next guest say the that question. That was like, but on. do you know what? There, there is now a part of me now that you've asked, uh, you've asked that question. Do you breathe through your mouth or your nose? I'm like, maybe if we don't, warn them we're going to get crazy questions like crazy that which is, which is much better ca- it's just
2: a casual question it's like something random
1: yeah we, otherwise we're going to get you know what's your what's your force feedback settings in rf2 <laughs> 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 so,
2: well, what's your fastest lap around spa in a gt3 car yeah right. yeah exactly
1: what, what do you think about tire pressures <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, well, so well, i well. much prefer this 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 way around so yeah great right that is in the bank we will ask Aussie stig that question this time next week
0: and then Lewis, if some of our listeners and viewers want to find you on social media, they could probably just search Lewis McGlade probably, and find yeah. you pretty easily. Yeah. Lewis McGlade, 78, if you really want to. 78 is my racing number. 78 is the racing number. There you go. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Tom, do you have any last things to say? Nope. Thank you very
1: much. Uh, thank you very much for the very candid insight into what it was like being kind of backstage, if you like, for yeah. um, Le Mans Virtual. Because that was that was fascinating. I i kind of was watching that all unfold with this real sense of dread and sympathy for the for the team so i was really excited uh when we had you were coming onto the show to ask you about how it felt behind the scenes like what was the what was the feeling when you were kind of listening to everything on the mic or seeing the admin discord chat channel kicking off and so yeah thank you for that
2: well, thank you for having me for, 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 for enduring my waffle for the best part of 80 minutes you're the you're, you're the you're the soldiers here <laughs> yeah, we, no this was a
0: this was a fabulous discussion this was this was very cool especially from my end because you know you're a commentator i'm trying to kind of dip my toes into commentary and it's it's very cool to just hear other stories about how they got started and, you know, how you how you handle things. Have to, have to
2: Thank you, you very much.
0: Gigs. See if we can share okay. the beef at some point. I, I like that idea. But, uh yep, that's going to do it for this week of Sim Sundays. We'll be back <laughs> next week. We are not racing this week for anyone that is on YouTube with us. If you want to race with us on Sundays, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media is your choice of, uh, I guess doom scrolling if you will mm-hmm. uh, you can follow <laughs> us a, at Gridfinder. <laughs> <on. laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> your poison is uh, go ahead and follow us there Gridfinder. and then of course we'll be back next Sunday at 8pm UK time for another episode special thanks to our episode sponsor track racer uh, we didn't get to use the rig. well Tom didn't get to use the rig this week but he will probably next week that's going to do it see you guys next week goodbye bye right. hey this is Chris from Gridfinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join Sim Racing Leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on Gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor TrackRacer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.